so far, um, one of the big problems with rolling out electric vehicles is that they haven't been able to pull anything. They haven't been able to tow anything. They haven't had much torque. So they're good for, you know, like little Nissan Leaf things that you're zipping around town doing relatively short journeys, but maybe not so handy when you're looking for bigger vehicles. And, of course, we know that if we're going to bring down global emissions, we have to do something massive in the transport space. That is where Ford is stepping in. This week they have just launched their F-150. It's a remake of America's best-selling pickup truck. So it's like a it's like a, um, like a ute, except a whole lot bigger. And um, this has come with a lot of fanfare. Paul Stenhouse has been watching um, the F-150 being launched and is with us this morning. Kia ora. Good morning. Yeah, the president's even been driving oh. the new F-150, hey, behind the wheel. <laughs> I like the F-150. Yeah, yeah. The president's yeah, no, not allowed is... to drive at all. No, they, apparently the Secret Service was very angry that he got behind the wheel, and they weren't actually uh, they weren't huh. sure if he was going to get behind the wheel or not. But apparently he's a big car guy, and so like just wanted to jump right in there, and apparently he floored it too, because these things go, yeah. absolutely go. Um, but yeah, this is this is. I think what's also interesting you mentioned there about what's the hang-up about moving to these electric cars. I think sometimes they just look a bit weird for a lot of people. Well, you, know, like you say Prius... that. Yeah, okay, the Prius doesn't look great. <laughs> but but the Prius. I mean, no, the Prius fulfills an important role. Okay, it's not the coolest looking car in the world. I actually, if you see the new Nissan Leaf, and the Nissan Leaf is perhaps an even less cool version than a Prius of an of an EV. The Nissan Leaf, the 30-kilowatt version with a body kit, Paul, honestly, looks looks pretty good, I reckon. Saturday mornings with Jack Tame, brought to you by Nissan. <laughs> Go to your local dealer. No, yeah, uh, I'm very no, pro-EV. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think that the big change with this F-150 is that it looks like an F-150. These are, like just super popular and not just super popular with um like like they're very super popular with a very specific demographic yeah, jack and they have, yeah. it's probably the demographic that is not that interested in electric vehicles right f-150s are driven by like you know, hardcore guys uh across the country who you know like to get out there and live in the burbs and et cetera, et cetera. and and this is hopefully going to get them over to it because, as well, the price points are so much better. It's less than forty thousand US dollars, brand new, right? And so that's about ten thousand US dollars more than what a standard F one hundred and fifty that's you know powered by petrol or diesel or whatever it is um, is is worth. But you get seven thousand dollars off in federal kind of credits. Right. So it actually makes so, it basically so hang on, how about much, the how same. How much do you get off in credits? I think it's seven thousand dollars. Wow. Okay, that's so a that, lot. Yeah, so that's like a kind yeah. of fee-bait scheme that they're going to introduce here pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, and so I mean that's almost like what twenty percent of the of the car. So it's a it's a pretty good deal. Look, and this thing is is kind of it's great, right? It grows around three hundred and seventy k's on a single charge on the base model. Wow. Goes like zero to one hundred and four point five seconds. It's got eleven power outlets in it. Eleven. So if you eleven, if you want to. Plug, I don't know, your iPhone in or yeah. a toaster or whatever you can. Or a, a drill, I guess, is what it's probably for. Um, but, yeah, it's also got, you know, all of the extra storage in the under the where the motor would be in the under the hood, which is known as the frunk, the front trunk, right. as they call it over right. here. But can I just say, Jack, this to me was the thing that was like, okay, this is where Ford's nailed it. When your car, if you get the high-charging fancy dancy charger at your house yeah if you have your car 
being charged by the high-powered charger mm. and your house loses power because, I don't know, there's a storm or there's a heat wave or someone cuts a line or whatever, your car starts powering your house. Yeah, that's cool. Isn't that red? That's so cool. I mean, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense because they're actually considering that with EVs at the moment, right? They're saying that with a good EV network, you could kind of use it as a nationwide battery of sorts by regulating energy use throughout the day because one of the problems um you know like one of the problems with um renewable, renewable sources of energy of course is that the sun doesn't shine at night mm-hmm. <laughs> so but you could use your cars and by charging your cars during the day you could make the most of that solar energy while it's good and available and then you know and then use it later on it's a big battery on wheels. Yeah, yeah. This sounds so, amazing. So, I mean, you've you've been living in the US for a long time now. What is your sense? Yep. Do you reckon people are actually going to want to drive this thing and be seen in it? Um, oh, the F-150, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, the thing is that it looks like an F-150. You I know, know, but it doesn't it right sound like one. No, that's true. Yeah. And, and Porsche's had to get around that with their electric one by making kind of like fake computer sounds of, oh, you know, what it would sound like. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it probably sounds like space age. Yeah. But no, I think, I mean, the biggest challenge is always in a city like New York, where I am, is how do you charge it? Um, and so I think you've seen a lot more success in kind of the areas where, um, and gosh, I can't believe I'm about to say this line, but if you go out to somewhere like the Hamptons, gosh, uh, um, yeah. where which is the fancy part, uh, sort of two hours outside of New York City, where people have their weekend houses and they have places to charge yeah, their cars, yeah. you see heaps of them. When I was in Palm Springs last week, oh. Overrun by um, by electric vehicles because you can plug them in at home. But and I mean, so at I the moment they've been a, they've been a kind of luxury thing, right? For the for the for the yep. middle class, you know, people who can actually afford them. But this is why they're introducing the these subsidy things. And 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 you know, um, I don't know if people have been looking at the budget in New Zealand and looking at the Climate Change Commission's advice. But you can be sure that in the next few weeks, the government is going to be introducing either a straight rebate for people buying electric vehicles or some sort of a, a straight subsidy or some sort of rebate whereby you know maybe maybe people in petrol cars are charged a little more and people in electric vehicles get a discount as a result Oh, well, they're talking about here mm. that the the big car manufacturers just simply won't be selling gas-powered no. vehicles by twenty thirty-five number of years yeah, yeah yeah so so this is a change that's going to come i mean obviously look Petrol and diesel have a lot of benefits, right? We've got a massive network um, of where you can fill up and you can very easily transport gas if you need to from one area to the next, you know, to top up a car or whatever. You can store it pretty easily too. Um, So that's that's one of the big kind of challenges with these electric cars is that there's this whole lot of infrastructure that needs to kind of come Mm. along with it. Mm. Um, And for a lot of people... They need to make sure that they actually upgrade and kind of put that infrastructure into their homes mm. because that is where their vehicle spends so much of its time. So the F-150, the electric version, has 11 different power outlets. And if you are <laughs> somehow distributing the Pfizer vaccine, the good news is you'll be able to plug a, a, a regular household freezer into one of those outlets yes. and you'll be totally fine. Yeah, it's. I think this is really exciting news um, and a really big turning point, actually, for these mRNA vaccines as they look to distribute them to countries around the world and into rural areas of, you know, even like America, because they've required that ultra, ultra cold storage. Um, but now they don't. So you yeah. can spend these vaccines can now spend up to two weeks 
in normal freezer temperatures between minus 25 and minus 15 degrees Celsius. And that just, again, opens up a world of, um, you know, new ways to get vaccine out mm. to the people. You you literally could put a, you know, household freezer on the back of the F-150 and you'd be good to go. Fantastic. That's, that's, yeah. a big, that's a big improvement. That's amazing. Hey, thanks, Paul. Good to chat. As per, catch you again next week. That's Paul Stenhouse.